0: have received your love back towards us, God. And as uh, I go to proclaim the word, I pray that you would continue to to move and to speak to our hearts. I pray that your word would uh, go deep, deep into the soil of our hearts, God. I pray this often, but Lord, I really pray for a hundredfold fruit out of this message in each of our lives, God that we wouldn't merely hear this word and walk away and, and do nothing about it, but that you would strengthen us and enable us to walk in these principles. God, that as we're talking about transformation, that this would truly be a year of great transformation and change in all of our lives and therefore in the congregation. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. So last week, Rabbi Michael started our series on transformation in his message entitled A Whole New World. And if you missed it, Please take time to listen to it on the podcast. Uh, and thank you to Randy for always putting those up for us. He's been faithfully doing that for us. Um, but he encouraged us that transformation begins with being born anew through the acceptance of the Jewish Messiah and the Savior of the world, Yeshua. And that we were made into new creatures as we encountered this living God and then walk in surrender uh, to him. Uh, but it doesn't just stop there. And one of the areas that needs to be a part of the transformation process is our mind. And that's what our message is on today, transformation, a change of mind. And for those who were here last week, we watched that short video that Rabbi Michael uh, had of that caterpillar uh, being transformed into the beautiful monarch butterfly. And it was just amazing to behold. Uh, Obviously, it was a time lapse, so it speeded up the process. But it's just awesome to see how that took place. And as Rabbi Michael shared, the word used here in the Greek for uh, transformation is metamorphosis, and it means a change of form. And when you think about it, the caterpillar wasn't created to crawl around on the ground his entire life. He was created to fly. But he had to change forms in order to do that. And so it is with you and I. We were created in the image of God Almighty not to slither around on the ground, but to soar, To the heavens above and to walk in victory, but this can only take place through transformation. The rebirth, as Rabbi Michael talked about last week, is the beginning, but our minds and our thoughts need transformed as well. And I want to say that I believe this is one of the greatest battlefields for most people. We often allow the enemy to hijack our thoughts, or as my family, uh, when we were talking about this series, we were talking about it actually with Abigail. Uh, just uh, the different directions we were going with it. And um, in this day and age and everything in the news, you know, sometimes we let the enemy hack our minds, right? A lot of th- talk about hacking computers and things, but the enemy hijacks or hacks our minds, our thoughts. And what, when we allow that to take place, what happens is it leads to despair and hopelessness. So the statistics I was reading about how many thoughts we have a day range from 12,000 clear up to 70,000 thoughts a day. And according to the laboratory of uh, neuroimaging at the University of Southern California, they said that the average person has about 48.6 thoughts per minute. Okay. So, and that adds up to a total of 70,000 thoughts of uh, per day, and then another article I was reading about th- our thought process and things said that 80% of most people's thoughts are negative. So today, Aldenai wants to equip you and me to have our minds transformed and renewed, so that 80% of our thoughts, whether it's 12,000 a day or 70,000 a day, are positive and reflective of who he is and who he has created us to be. Not the caterpillar crawling, but the butterfly flying. And so our text today is Romans 12, 2. And Rob Shul says, Do not let yourselves be conformed to the standards of the Olam Hazay, this present world. But instead, keep letting yourselves be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you will know what God wants and will agree that what he wants is good, satisfying, and able to succeed. So God wants to take us from walking in defeat and depression to living a victorious life filled with great expectation and hope. That sounds good, doesn't it? Then why isn't it happening in, in many believers' lives? I believe it's because we have not allowed our minds to be renewed. One writer said, This renewal, as used here in Romans 12, 2, depicts an essential change in the character of your thinking. You can now think a way that before was not possible. Now your new mind allows you at least the potential, because you have to cooperate, the potential to see life the way God sees life. The renewing of our minds is nothing short of a mental revolution, taking our normal, selfish, self-centered human way of seeing life and giving us a point of view we could not have without God's Ruach changing our way of thinking." Your mind is a control center of our attitudes, thoughts, feelings, and actions, this article was saying. So Rob Shaul says that God wants your mind because he knows the power of your mind and wants it for himself. He wants you to think his thoughts, and as you do, your mind will be renewed And as it's renewed, you will be able to fulfill all his will for your life, and you will walk in victory. I'm going to tell you, my husband and I talked about this, and I was going over my message with him, and he says, you need to stress, this is not a trivial little thing. I'm telling you, most of your battles and most of the struggles you have is because of your thoughts. Selah. You allow your thoughts to be hijacked, by the enemy, instead of being renewed by the Spirit of God and the principles of His Word. So my challenge to you today is take this Word and run with it, because God wants your mind transformed. He wants your life changed. I love my life. I love my family. I love my husband. In a, a couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating 25 years yes, of, uh, of marriage and... Uh, But I want more. I want my life to be transformed and changed even more and into the greater goodness that God has for me and Michael and our children and things. So we want this, and when we talk about it, and we talk about the promises of God and the goodness of God, everyone gets excited about it, but we get frustrated because we don't often see these things in our lives. And friends, part of the problem is the way you think turn to your neighbor and say, it's not God's fault. Because a lot of us say, it's God. He's not doing what he should be doing. When in reality, it's our thoughts. And today, God wants to change your mind. wants you to change your mind. So Joyce Myers, many of us know who she is, wrote a book about the battlefield of the mind. And I just wanted to share a a couple little paragraphs from, from that, just to get you to understand how... Real, this battle is. Each day our minds are bombarded with a constant stream of nagging thoughts, suspicions, doubts, and fears. Remember I told you up to 70,000 thoughts a day and the science says that 80% of those are negative. So when Joyce Meyer is writing this, that we have these suspicions, doubts, and fears, nagging, those are all negative thoughts. While any one of these can cause defeat and devastation. We are often plagued by more than one. Hello, if you have 70,000 a day, 48.6 in one minute. Filling our daily lives with mental combat. Since we fail to identify the battlefield, we also fail to correctly identify our foe. We tend to believe people, money, religion, or the system, or God are our problems. In an attempt to defend ourselves, we build strongholds in our mind, and strongholds are areas of thinking not based on truth, but based on lies. What's a stronghold, for example? Okay? God doesn't love me. Now, many of you believe that. That's a stronghold in your mind built on the lies of hell. I can show you over and over again in the word the opposite of that. And we're going to talk about the word because it's really the foundation for the change and transformation. But you have listened to that lie and repeated that lie in its various forms so many times that it has become a stronghold in your mind. That's just one example. So instead of protecting us, they imprison us, these strongholds. And unless we renew our mind, we risk continuing to believe those lies and making important decisions based... Hear what she's saying? Based on those deceptions. Well, God wants you to change this year. He wants you to be transformed. And it's great that many of us in this room have been born anew by accepting Yeshua as our Messiah. But many of us have not allowed our minds to be changed and transformed. And God says, it's about time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about time. Your mind to be changed and transformed, to be renewed. So we're going to talk about four steps that we can take to renew our minds and each of them builds on the previous one. So the first one, the foundation of all of this, is to know the truth of God's word. I could stop there. If we could just grab this and, and run with it and 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 really live this out, everything else is going to fall into place. To know the truth of God's word. Yocanon, John eight thirty two. Read it with me. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's read it again. Some of your mouths were closed. Not optional, okay? Let's all read it together. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Why did I want you to say that? Because the enemy doesn't want you to proclaim it. Because the word of God is powerful. Okay? Sharper than any two-edged sword, we are told. And when we speak the word, okay, words have power. They bring life or they bring death. And by having you just speak that one little verse, this is all extra free, not part of my message, but it's good, so listen to it. By speaking that word, you are proclaiming life over yourself and into the atmosphere of this congregation. So let's try one more time. You will know the truth And the truth will set you free. So one author said the renewal of the mind is a struggle for many believers because they go by what they feel or by what they are doing instead of relying on the word of God. He says, quote, God is never against feeling and doing because he's a God of powerful and passionate feeling, and he commands us to be doers. Yet feelings and doing are completely insufficient foundation for the believer's life, this article said. The first question cannot be, how do I feel, or what do I do? Rather, it must be, what is true here? What does God's word say? I'm going to tell you, most of the time, myself included, I can get up, and I have a range of emotions just like everyone else. And as he said, God's not opposed to emotions. He is a passionate God. But when I begin to listen to my emotions, instead of going to the truth of God's word, it leads me down a path that is not a path of victorious and change and transformation. Friends, you must know what the scriptures declare. It's not your newspaper or your local news channels that will give you the truth. It's not the economic forecast or a horoscope that will reveal truth to you. It's not your feelings. It's not your circumstances. But it is the Word of God. And if you do not know this Word, then you do not know the truth, and your mind cannot be renewed, and you cannot be set free. You will continue to believe the lies of hell. This is so basic, and I know some of you can say this, you know, and I was talking to someone this week about our next women's breakfast, which hopefully will be in February, setting that up. Uh, but I'm going to talk to you, women, just a sneak preview, don't miss out on it, uh, about getting back to basics. Because, oh, the men's breakfast is tomorrow. My husband just wanted me to mention that again. Um, because th- these basic things are so important for success in life. You know, and you think about anything you do. You can never do algebra if you didn't learn to addition. Hello? Right? You can't learn to ride a bike if you never learned to walk. So we have to do the basics and we have to to keep doing them. And so the word, the word, the word, this is so important that we know what the scriptures say because the enemy will do his best to deceive you. And he doesn't always come at us with a blatant out lie. Think of how he tempted Yeshua in the wilderness. He mixed in some of the word and sort of distorted it and twisted it around. And Yeshua responded how? How? It is written. No, 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 what you're saying is not true. This is what is written in the Word of God. And so it is for you and me. When the enemy bombards my mind with thoughts, and my kids come to me and my husband often as they're growing up and being challenged by thoughts that bombard their head, and I look at them and I said, Say, Josiah, Abigail, Mom and Dad have thoughts that bombard our head all day long. Just because we're your parents and just because we're rabbis doesn't mean we don't have yicky, icky thoughts coming into our head as well. But what we do is what I am telling you now is we go to the word, the truth of God's word so that our minds can be renewed. The first step to winning the battle is to saturate your mind with the truth of the word of God. Friends, there is a battle for your mind, and a lot of you are losing that battle. But God doesn't want it to be that way. God wants you to be an overcomer. He wants you to walk in victory. He wants you to experience transformation in this year that you would not even believe that you're the same person that you were last year. How can that happen? It can happen as you apply the principles of this word of God. But if you're sitting here saying, oh, I can't wait till she shuts up so I can get out of here because I'm annoyed. I'm going to tell you right now, God is going after you because I'm going to pray. He goes after you because God wants you to change. God loves you and he doesn't want you to stay where you're at. And I'm telling you, you better listen to this word because God's going to wake you up in the middle of the night. He's going to give you dreams. Ask Gary. He even puts me in your dreams sometimes to speak to you. I'm just saying. That's a story. You have to ask Gary about it. Because God loves you too much to leave you where you're at. But you have to cooperate with him. And the first thing you need to do is to get into the Word of God, to saturate your mind with the truth of the Word. We've talked about this down in Junior Shabbat. Actually, Kathy, when she was teaching one day on the lesson about knowing what the truth is, she said to the children, How do you think people are trained to recognize a counterfeit bill? Not by looking at the counterfeit, but by looking at the real McCoy. So how are we going to know the lies of hell? By knowing the truth of God's word. So when you saturate and you get that word in you, and then over and over and again, you are in that word. When that lie comes, so that's why Yeshua, in contrast to Chava, Eve in the garden, she missed it. Satan sort of twisted the word there, right? She missed it, and the rest is history, right? We're living it out. But Yeshua, because he knew the word, recognized how the enemy distorted and was able to combat it. And so it is for you and me. The enemy wants to bring his distorted version version of the truth. You can recognize it immediately if you know the word. And your mind is renewed when you know the truth of God's word. As I said, this is the foundation for everything else in this message. If you don't know the truth of God's Word, you're never going to have your mind renewed or transformed. And God wants that for each one of us. So the second thing which builds on this, so the only way you will know the truth is to read it and to learn it. To read the Word and to learn the Word. That's why we encourage you to... To read the word daily, we encourage you to come and hear the messages. We encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. I put a plug in for Wednesday night again. Why? Because that's an interactive study. We take the word apart and learn it so that it can help you in your daily life. The next second thing is to meditate on the truth. The book of Yehoshua, Joshua 1 8. God commands this young man yes, keep this book of the Torah on your lips and meditate on it. When? Say it together, day and night, so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it, and then your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. Over and over again, the scriptures talk about meditating on the truth of the word of God. We need to speak it over our life. As I said earlier, when we spoke out Yokanan, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's powerful to speak the word. We need to meditate on it because meditation helps us To line our thoughts up with the truth of God's word. You're meditating on something. It might as well be on something good. So the word meditation here means to give serious thought and consideration to. To focus your thoughts on something. So that you can understand it deeply. To ponder. You get the whole sense of it. Also it means to ruminate. uh, Which again... You understand that terminology, for those who don't work around farm animals and stuff like that, it means to chew continually, to chew, regurgitate, chew again, chew again. So this is, <coughs> this is the whole concept behind this Hebrew word for meditation. And one article talking about the, the Hebrew word there says, in Hebrew thought, <coughs> to meditate upon the scriptures but not, was not necessarily a silent practice. Because we have in our mind a meditation that again hijacked the true meditation of God's word. It's not just sitting around silently, but the Hebrew connotation isn't just to sit there but to speak. Maybe quietly repeat the the thought that you have while pushing out side distractions away. And from this tradition comes the a uh, practice in Judaism called davening, uh, where prayers are recited and intense prayers uh, and sort of getting lost in communion with God as you push away distractions and you repeat the truths of the Word of God. Meditation means that we allow the Word to permeate our thoughts. You know, you wake up in the morning and you, maybe you hear a song and it gets stuck in your head all day long, Right? That's sort of what meditation is. It's like that thought that keeps going over and over again, meditating on the Word of God, the song that you can't shake out of your head. I've shared this visual concept of meditation before, but when I lived in Israel many, many years ago, I was part of a discipleship uh, training group. That's why I was there, part of the reason that I was there. And one of the things that they encouraged us with was learning to meditate on the Word of God. There were, uh, besides making the commitment to be good workers on the kibbutz that I lived in and to, d- to do our job where, wherever we were asked to, uh, to work on the kibbutz, so from catching chickens to working in the apple orchard to ironing clothes and working with kids, all sorts of good jobs there. But the other thing was we made a commitment to discipleship and to Bible study every week, prayer every week, worship every week, and learning to meditate on the Word of God, And one of the things he shared with us, or our teacher shared, is that how meditation means to saturate yourself so that you can flush out the impurities in your thought life, much like Israel did, and this is the example they gave gave to us, did to the desert and in the Dead Sea area, that they took fresh water and they flushed out the impurities, the minerals and things that would not allow life to grow there. And then flushing that out, they're able to see, and you can see, if you've never been to Israel, you should go, uh, just amazing what God has done uh, to bring life. The desert is blooming, but the process of allowing the desert to bloom was to flush out the impurities. So what meditation does, when we meditate on the word of God, it flushes out those negative thoughts. Someone say Amen. I'm telling you this is true. So you get a bad thought in your head. You need to now meditate upon the truth of God's word. Which leads me to the next point. We need to change the focus of our minds. When we know the word of God and meditate on it regularly, it will help us to change the focus of our mind when the enemy tries to hack it or hijack it. So when the enemy comes in with thoughts of fear, anyone ever felt fearful besides me? Okay. What happens when I have a thought of fear, when fear tries to grip my mind and my heart? I change that thought by focusing on the truth given to me in the word of God, where Adonai encourages me with this truth. Perfect love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Or Yochanan 14.27, which says, I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. And this peace that I give to you is something that the world cannot give you, so don't be troubled or afraid. So when fear tries to grip my mind, what do I do? I can let that fear, and I've been there and I've done that, trust me, and it, it just takes me into a place that is not nice, as most of you probably know if you've done the same thing. But when I take those thoughts and and I refocus them on the truth of God's word and I begin to go back to the step before, meditate on that, what a difference it makes. Now, my situation may not have changed that brought that thought of fear into my heart and my mind, but I have changed because I have changed my focus. I'm not thinking those thoughts that the enemy has tried to implant into my head to hijack my brain. But I am instead focusing on the truth of God's word, and meditating on it, and it brings a change in me. If I'm worried about my financial needs and concerns for my family, then I focus on this truth from Matthew. I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will will wear. Excuse me. Think about the fields of wild irises and how they grow. They neither work nor spin. If this is how God clothes the grass in the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, won't he much more clothe you? And for every negative thought that pops into your head, I want to tell you there is a spiritual truth in the word of God to combat that. But if you don't know the word, when those lies come, then you can't combat them. That's why we have to go back to step one, that we need to know the word. Know the word. And it, know it enough that you can go and find it. Well, I don't know. I'm new in, in, in the word. or I, I, I've been a believer for many, many years, Rabbi Carol, but I've never read the Bible. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but you should be reading the word every year. You should try to get through reading the Bible once a year. So that you know where things are, get yourself a good concordance. Goodness, there's enough tools online that if you, you know, you want to know what to, scripture to read on fear, I can just take you right now. And scriptures is against fear, and they'll give you a whole list of them. And then take those. And I've shared this before. If you're struggling with one particular thought over and over again. Find the word of God. There have been times in my life, those who have been here for a long time know the struggles that I've had health-wise, you know, my, my, from my leg with the tumor and things like that. There was another time in my life before that even happened, and I shared this at a woman's retreat a few years back, and many of you who knew or may not know this, but I thought I was going to die. And there was nothing physically wrong with me, but this fear gripped my heart. And during that season of my life, uh, I wouldn't go anywhere without my husband, or I tried not to go anywhere. There were times when he forced me, (laughs) made me get in the car and go, no, you go, you know, I remember one time I was about setting up for Passover. Oh, come with me to the, no, you go, right? But I was, I was afraid of dying and everywhere we drove, I looked for hospital signs just so I knew that the hospital was near in case something happened. But there was no reason for that fear. But God gave me a song based on the word of God. And I would lay down at night and I would sing that song over and over in my head, meditating on that word of God through that song, just saturating my mind with it during the day. And as suddenly as it came on me, it went off me. I don't have that struggle anymore, right? Right. It was a real struggle. So I understand that how your mind can get hijacked and you can struggle with a thought. And what I'm telling you to do, I've had to do myself. I had to take the word of God. I had to know what God's word said. I had to focus my mind on it and not the lying thoughts from hell. And I had to meditate on the truth of God's word. And by doing that, freedom and release came to me and it will happen to you as well. You see, the bottom line is you cannot stop those 12 to 70,000 thoughts from coming into your head every day. But you can choose to refocus your thoughts on the truth of Adonai's word and on good things, as Rav Shaul encourages us here in Philippians 4.8. Read this verse with me. In conclusion, brothers, are we there? There we are, together. In conclusion, brothers, focus your thoughts on what is true, noble, righteous, pure, lovable, or admirable, on some virtue or on something praiseworthy. Wow. Just practice that verse alone and we would all be in a much better place. So when you have negative thoughts about your spouse, I know that doesn't happen to anyone, even though we're married almost 25 years, occasionally a negative thought comes into my head about Rabbi Michael. Occasionally. I need to change that, the focus of that thought to good thoughts, because the reality is I am blessed with my husband. He's an awesome man of God. And he does help around the house a lot. Doesn't do laundry, but he threatened me to do laundry the other week. I said, you're not doing laundry. <laughs> it's one area I don't, uh, I don't want him to do. Don't do laundry. All the kids have learned to do it, but he doesn't do laundry. But you know what I'm saying? It's easy, right? You get these negative thoughts pop in your head over little things, and it's usually not major things. So you can choose to focus on that, or we can do what Rob Schuyl says, which is think on something that is good. There's always good in other people. So for those who are married today, think good about your spouse. And your relationship will go well. Sometimes you have a negative thought about your boss or a fellow employee. I want to tell you, that can really wreck that working relationship. I know, I work with my husband too, so... (laughs) Get it in on both fronts. That was, his, that was spontaneous. See, he likes when I'm spontaneous with joking. And he's always like, repeat it again. I said, I can't. That was just spontaneous. But there is always good in the situation and circumstance. And if you choose to focus on the good in that person you're working with, focus on the goodness that you actually have a job. Right? And many of you have jobs with good benefits. And you begin to reflect on those good things. Change the focus of your mind. What a difference it will make for you. And your whole life will change. When you think your life sucks and you have nothing to be happy about, i want to tell you, change those thoughts. Because it's not true. Look at the goodness in your life. I can bring you up here one by one, and I can tell you the good things in your life. And I don't know a, a lot of uh, your lives in de- great detail. As we were with Morty this last week and a half, I didn't know Morty had uh, all these nephews and nieces that I have met. I mean, I have met Cindy, who has came here with him, but we met a lot of others. They're in the hospital, and by phone call now, and on Facebook, I'm in a group where they've been sharing. So there are things I don't know about your life, but I know enough about each one of you that I could pull you up here, and I could tell you at least 10 good things about your life. And that's what you need to do. Instead of thinking your life sucks and there's nothing good about it, change the focus of your thoughts to good things. And when you don't change the focus of your thoughts, it leads to tension in relationships, whether with a spouse or a child or at work, and it leads to depression and hopelessness. And I'm not stupid, okay? I know you may think your rabbi sometimes doesn't get it. I know some of you are dealing with depression and hopelessness. That's why God has led us to speak this message to you. Because God doesn't want you to stay there. But you have to apply these principles to your life. You will be amazed. I am telling you, God wants transformation for each one of us. Even a month from now, if you start applying the principles that we are speaking about in this little four-week series, you will be so amazed at how different your life is. finally, my last point, if we're going to refocus our thoughts, we're going to have to take captive every thought contrary to the truth. From 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3-5, through 5, for although we do not live in this world, although we do live in this world, we do not wage war in a worldly way. Because the weapons we use to wage war are not worldly. On the contrary, they have God's power for demolishing strongholds. We demolish, say it with me, Arguments and every arrogance that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive and make it obey the Messiah. Let's say that last part together. We take we take every thought captive and make it obey the Messiah. One writer said about these verses that it teaches us three things about the battle we are in. One, it's spiritual, not physical. Two, the battlefield is our mind and our thought life. Three, the battle ultimately is over truth. The truth of God versus truth as man interprets it and propounds it and as the devil would like to put it out there. Friends, victory is ultimately going to be won for you and me in our thought life. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and too many believers allow arguments to take a stronghold in their minds. Arguments that say that God is not good, that Adonai is not for me, that God doesn't doesn't like me, God doesn't care about my pain, God doesn't know what he is doing, I know what I need, I have a plan for my life. And my plan is better than what's happening now by my trusting God. I want to tell you, these thoughts become strongholds in our minds, and they lead us to make these statements like, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, I can't go on, I'm no good. And we need to destroy these strongholds in our minds. And for some of us, these strongholds have been there for years. And God says we need to destroy them. And that means to continually tear these argument downs. In other words, the, I could go into the Greek verb there, that, but it means a continuous action. In other words, you don't do it one time. As I tell my children, mom and dad get thoughts every day that we have to fight against. Just because we've been in the Lord for many years and just because we're spiritual leaders doesn't mean the enemy doesn't come against our thought lives. So we are continually walking this out in our lives. We are continually demolishing and tearing down every thought and argument that would rise up against the knowledge of God and his purposes and plans for our life and for this congregation. And we are encouraging you to rise up and to do the same. God has given us the weapons we need to take control of our thoughts and to destroy the lying thoughts of hell. What is it? The sword of the spirit, which is what? Goes back to point one, the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. And with the word of God, you know, we like uh, a lot of different uh, genres, but we like to, those swashbuckler movies where they whoop their swords out. And, you know, and uh, if you ever watched the, uh, no, but what's the uh, the trilogy? Lord of the Rings trilogy. One of my favorite parts is in the third movie, and it's the woman who went to battle because women couldn't go, and she whips out that sword, and she says, "He says no man can kill me." The the demon thing there, and she says, "I am no man," and she lets him have it, right, with that sword, and just destroys him, right. We have a more powerful weapon. It's the Word of God. And it will destroy and demolish every lie that hell sends our way. But friends, we have to use the Word. We have to take that sword that He has given us. We need to know the Word. We need to meditate on the Word. We need to refocus our minds on the truth of His Word and use it against those lies of hell so that we can know the truth and the truth will set us free. That's what God wants for you in 2017. That's what He wants for this congregation. Amen? It all comes back to the Word. We are able to make every thought, say every thought, submissive to the living Word who is Yeshua the Messiah. But we must fight, we must engage our will. For too long, many of you have let your thoughts control you, bringing you pain destruction in relationships, chaos in your families, havoc in your finances. I'm going to tell you, how do you enjoy that? One of you come up here and tell me you like that. You like the pain. You like the havoc. You like the chaos. There's not one of you who can come up here and tell me you like it. Then why are you going to continue in that way? You have a choice today, friends. Friends. God is encouraging you through this message and through this series that he wants you to be transformed. And the biggest part of your transformation, at least for today, next week, Rabbi Michael has another powerful message, but it's the renewing of your mind. And it happens by the word of God. These thoughts have limited your potential and your destiny in Adonai. And God wants that to change. He wants your thoughts to be transformed. And the key is to allow your mind to be renewed through the power of the written word and the living word who is Yeshua. And it's a discipline you must develop. No one can do it for you. But once you begin to renew your mind and take authority over the lying thoughts of hell, you will be empowered. It will be amazing. And over time, you will quickly recognize the strategies of hell against you and your mind. And you'll be able to fight against it and keep renewing your minds with the truth of the word. And this is the result. I want to go back to our verse that we started with, Romans 12, 2. And I want to read the last part of that verse. Because God says he wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know what God wants. And will agree, and some of you cannot agree with this, that what he wants is good, satisfying, and able to succeed. See, until you can say that to me, I know that what God wants good. I know that his plans for me are to prosper me and to give me a hope in the future. Now, not everything in my life has gone the way that I've wanted it to go. And there have been a lot of bumps on the road. But in the midst of all that, I know that I know that God is good and that what he wants for me is good. And that's the purpose of the renewing of the mind. So I want to just close by encouraging you when you are engaged in that stinking thinking, when you allow your mind to be controlled by the world or by your old nature, then you really believe that God's not for you and that he's not looking to give you good things. However, when we allow our minds to be transformed, when we align our thinking with his thoughts, we realize the goodness of his plans for us and his purpose for our lives and that they are all good. Friends, renew your mind. It's all about the word of God. That's where the process starts and that's where it ends. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hashem, we thank you for your word. You have challenged us, God. But I pray that each one of us will rise up to the challenge today. As I prayed at the beginning, I conclude with that same prayer that not one of us would leave from this place and forget this word, but that each of us would choose and make a choice of our will to apply these principles in our lives, Because, God, you want change. You truly want us to be set free and to walk in your purposes and plans. So I pray that you would meet each one of us where we are at. And as we take that step of obedience and say, God, I'm changing my mind. I'm renewing my thoughts that you will help us. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. I want to close with ironic benediction. My husband's going to go ahead and walk to the back. We'd like to be able to greet each one of you uh, as, as you're leaving today. Again, there's prayer. You know, I sent out a little uh, uh, message, uh, a little thought a couple weeks ago about prayer. I was just inspired by Yeshua's th- the question to the Talmudim. Can't you pray just one hour with us? So I want to encourage you. Try to make time for prayer. It's from 2 to 3 today. And Wednesday, uh, Thursday night from six thirty to seven thirty, uh, and if you're not getting those emails, and I see some of you don't open them up, because I can tell that, not 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 because I you know a Rabbi sins, but because I have a program that tells me when you open it or don't. Open the email, okay? We're trying to send out not just announcements, but things to encourage you weekly. So open up that email. And uh, allow God to speak to you. And it also helps you know the things that you need to know when there's those thoughts that are in there. So Adonai said, this is the way you will bless my people. You will say, May Adonai bless you and keep you. Er adonai May Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. Yisa adonai shalom. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. May you walk in the peace of Adonai. May your minds be renewed. Amen. In Yeshua's name. Have a good week.